0: Turn with me in uh, the Old Testament book of Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 7, and uh, we're going to look at something that uh, we don't talk about a lot because we're believers, and uh, to us it's a settled uh, uh, issue, and that's the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. The virgin birth of Jesus Christ. One reason we don't talk about it and get into it is because those among us, we all believe in it. You know, we believe the scriptures. We believe what the Bible says. And we believe that Jesus was born of Mary. And Mary was a virgin. Not just a young girl, as some Bible translations have put it. I don't know. If, I don't know which one it is—NIV or one of the Bible versions—just calls her a young girl. Well, there's the difference between a young girl and a virgin, because not all young girls are virgins. And uh, so, it wouldn't be a special birth. It wouldn't be a holy birth, or a holy child, or a holy night, if she was not a virgin. The virgin birth of Jesus is a cardinal doctrine of the church. Yeah. Cardinal being that we uh, we will not allow it to be in any way changed, altered, diluted, or ignored. Amen. It matters. Yeah. The virgin birth of Jesus matters. Yeah. And I'm going I'm to share with you uh, a little bit about that this morning. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, The prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, uh, uh, prophesied of his birth, and this is what he said, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign, behold, and this is the sign, behold a virgin shall conceive, and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Here's, here's uh, uh, the prophecy. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. That son is God with us. He's not just the son of God but He is God with us. Amen? Jesus is not the second member of the Trinity. He is co-equal with the Father. There There is not a hierarchy in heaven, Father first, Jesus comes in second place, and the Holy Spirit gets honorable mention as the third member of the Trinity. That's not how it works. God is one God in the sense of unity, in the sense of being co-equal. Jesus did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And there was not anything made that was not made by him. That's John chapter 1. And so we know from from the Old Testament that God was going to do a supernatural thing. He was going to cause a virgin. And a virgin is a woman who's never had sexual relationships. She's, She's undefiled, untouched, and, and pristine. And so he called, caused, he, he, he prophesied through Isaiah that God's going to cause this virgin to conceive and bring forth a son that is God with us. His name's Emmanuel. Say, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. That's important. It's not just the son of God, it, it is God with us. Now, I know the scripture calls him. The son, it says here, he shall get, he shall conceive and bear a son. That's offspring. But we need to understand that son is God in the flesh. The son of God is God in the flesh. It's crucial to the whole gospel. Now, in uh, Luke chapter one, we see the angel speaking to Mary and uh, in in Luke chapter 1 Mary testifies to her own virginity. And come on people, if you can't if you can't believe Mary, who are you going to believe? Amen. Mary, she's testifying uh, to her own virginity. Here's here's uh, Luke 1:30, the angel said unto her, "Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God." And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Now, Jesus uh, means Savior or Salvation. You're going to call his name salvation. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Boy, you need to underline that. There's some people who teach that after a thousand years, he's going to give up his kingdom to God the Father, and uh, that'll be the end of his earthly kingdom. This says, uh, of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Forget that thousand year stuff. His kingdom is forever. And in the scriptures, a thousand uh, uh, can be applied to eternal or an infinity. Amen. It doesn't always mean ninety nine, nine hundred ninety nine plus one years. A thousand in the scriptures could it, it could uh, could mean forever. It's an infinity term. Are y'all still with me? Amen. Well, what about the thousand years? Yeah, what about it? What about it? It's forever. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. And what I just said makes a lot of religious people mad. Because I'm messing with their eschatology. But you, you know, your eschatology needs messing with. Because you need to know what you believe and you need to know why you believe it. And you need to know where it came from. Not everything people believe comes from the Bible. I'm I'm reading scripture here. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. And uh, we also know that from the scriptures that it's an ever increasing kingdom. Amen. And then he says, and uh, I got sidetracked, didn't I? Then Mary said, verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, out of her own mouth, she confesses that she's a virgin. Now, this, this was uh, back in the day when it was an honorable thing to be a virgin and something to be proud of. You know, our society is so upside down now that people, people ridicule and mock somebody that's a virgin. But being a virgin is an honorable thing. Being a virgin is desirable, especially for a young girl and a young man and uh, and but she says in her own words how shall this be seeing i know not a man she's saying i'm a virgin now are you going to believe mary the mother of jesus or are you going to believe what some antichrist backslidden theologian has to say amen verse 5 the angel said unto her the holy ghost now here's how it's going to happen how in the world could a virgin conceive and bring forth a son. Here's how. Everybody want to know how? Here's how it happens. And the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest, that's God himself, shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God, or the offspring of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, which was still a miracle, not as great as a virgin, but it's still a miracle. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. That was like a sign to Mary, a faith extender to her. Hey, even your barren cousin, Elizabeth, is six months along. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Ruth mentioned that earlier. With God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Okay, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So when the angel spoke to her, the words that the angel spoke were words from heaven, seeds from heaven. The Holy Spirit took that word When Mary received it into her heart, the Holy Spirit took that word, that living word as seed, and he impregnated her with his own power. Now, who are you to say that the highest, the God on high, the most high God, can't do that? If God is god then god can do it because nothing is impossible with god amen with man it's impossible but god is not a man he's not limited to our laws of physics and laws of seed time and harvest and all that god himself through his own word that mary received into her heart when she said be it unto me even as according to your word Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. In other words, I give myself to you. God, whatever you want to do with me and my body, uh, I, I yield to you. And God took that word that he sent through Gabriel and used it to impregnate her. Believe it? Amen, I believe it. Well, uh, turn to Matthew 1. Matthew chapter 1, uh, We see we see Joseph Mary's fiance is having a little trouble believing this. You know, he's kind of blindsided. You know, he's 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 engaged. He's he's getting ready to get married to Mary. He's building a house. You know, and uh, he's he's getting everything ready for uh, you know his, his start his family. And she comes to him and she says, uh, "I'm pregnant." And then she's got this story about an angel appearing to her and, you know, the whole story. And uh, he's, he's, he's faced with a decision to believe it or not to believe it. And it's hard. I can sympathize with it. Oh, yeah. Amen. But I want, you to, I want you to see what Matthew 1. Start with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, underline it, before they came together, she was found with child, and who was the culprit? The Holy Ghost. See, we we have, right there, you put that on his birth certificate, father of the baby, Holy Ghost. And who's the Holy Ghost? Not the third member of the Trinity, but God, the Spirit of God so she was found with child by God himself. God got her pregnant. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. That means quietly. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. That's twice we have in this passage that the Holy Ghost is named as the sire. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And knew her not, now in the Bible that word know or knew is referring to sexual relationships. He didn't have sex with her until after she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. God bless Joseph. Joseph was a believer. I want you, I want you to notice you know the importance of angels in this whole process. The angel of the Lord, Gabriel, came in and and told Mary what was going to happen. He delivered the word and she received it as a seed. The angel of the Lord went to Joseph and explained things to Joseph. The angel of the Lord went to uh, um, Zacharias and explained, you know, John the Baptist is coming. You're going to name him John. So, you know, the angels the angels announced the birth of Jesus Matter of fact, in Luke chapter 2, if you want to look at it, the angels, you know, appeared in the air when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The angels appeared in the air and announced to the shepherds that Jesus was born. Notice what he he told the shepherds. Uh, Luke 2 in verse 8. Luke 2, 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, These angels very loudly, very excitedly, very enthusiastically announced the birth of Jesus as good news for the whole world. They weren't ashamed of Jesus being born to Mary. Jesus was not the product of some sordid premarital sexual encounter. They proudly and joyfully and gloriously announced the birth of God's Son. Can you say praise the Lord? Now, Jesus Jesus was declared to be not just the Son of Joseph, but the Son of God. Amen? Look in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Romans 1, 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scripture, concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection of the, from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you're also the called of Jesus Christ. Now what's, what's Paul saying here, verse four? He says, Jesus was declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You see, when God raised Jesus from the dead, It was a declaration to his sonship. God raised his son from the dead. And that proved that Jesus was who he claimed to be. Can you say amen? So the virgin birth of Jesus is prophesied over 400 years before he was born Isaiah prophesied a virgin virgin shall conceive and bear a son. The angel told Mary. Mary told the angel I'm a virgin. The angel told Mary it's not a problem. You know? You you don't have any problems. All all, all you need is faith in God. All you need is faith in God's word. And uh, and then the angel um, told Joseph so he wouldn't divorce her before he married her amen and then God signified it by raising him from the dead you see the resurrection of Jesus from the dead proves he was born of a virgin and so not only is it established throughout the scriptures as a fact but it's vital to the gospel and must never be compromised trivialized or denied by the church Amen. Now the world has already denied it. The world continues to deny it. The world refuses to believe it, but his church needs to hold the line on this. We need to hold the standard. I saw, I saw a, um, the results of a, a survey that was done years ago, probably 25 or more years ago, among the preachers here in the United States. And and it showed that the vast majority of the pastors in the United States back then did not believe in the virgin birth, nor did they believe it mattered. Well that's just ignorance gone to seed. I mean that's they they they, they need to go they need to go back to a real Bible school, like the one we have on Wednesday night. Not those seminaries cemeteries. Amen, where unbelievers teach people to be unbelievers. He was declared to be the Son of God by the power of God that raised him from the dead. It was a declaration. His resurrection was a declaration that he was the Son of God. That's what Paul says here, Romans chapter 1. Now I want you to turn to uh, 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. And this is where it gets ex- really important and exciting. You see, the devil does not admit or agree or confess ever that Jesus is God. As a matter of fact, the devil doesn't mind if you if you believe that Jesus was a good man. The devil doesn't mind if you believe that Jesus was a great teacher, a great philosopher. The devil doesn't mind, even if you believe that Jesus is uh, supernatural. Matter of fact, he would he would rather you believe that Jesus was you know it was like a, a a visitor from outer space. But when you when you try to pin the devil down and get him to admit that Jesus was a man and a God, God and man, or God in the flesh, he won't admit, he can't say it. He can't agree to it. He, you, you can't get him to say that Jesus is God in the flesh. Why? Why? Because that's where he lost his authority. Notice 1 John chapter 4 verse 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Anyone who does not believe that Jesus is Jesus was not a flesh and blood man, born of God, born of a virgin, son of God, but also son of man. Jesus, when he went about teaching, he referred to himself over and over and over. Son of man. Son of man. What's he saying? I'm here. I'm in the flesh. I'm, I'm flesh. Touch me. Isn't that what he told Thomas even after his resurrection? Touch me, feel of me. I'm still flesh. I'm still a man. I'm a resurrected man, but I'm still a man. I'm still the man you knew. Amen? Verse three, every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So if you hear any preacher, That says, well, I don't believe Jesus is God in the flesh. Then he's Antichrist. Put a big red X on it. Don't listen to another thing he has to say. Amen. And this, this is the spirit of Antichrist. Whereof you have heard that it should come and it already is in the world. People are waiting for the Antichrist. You know, well, the Antichrist has been around since the Garden of Eden. You see, Satan has been opposed to the very idea of God's Son being born into the earth from the very beginning. He's done everything he can do to corrupt the human race and dilute the human race, change the genetics of the human being because he did not want Jesus coming in the flesh. Because once that happens, he lo- he loses his rights and authorities to rule over mankind. Jesus became the Son of Man so he could be the Lord of all men. Amen. You are of God. Verse 4. You are of God. You are of God. How many of you know what the word of means? O-F. Of. Of is, is, is a derivative. It means you came out from. You derived your beginnings somewhere. You you are the product of something. All right? You are of God. That means you are born of God. You you came out from God. The new birth is a birth. But it's it's a supernatural birth just like the virgin birth was. God moved upon your dead human spirit and, and quickened it made it come alive and infused it with his own spirit, his own life. Spiritually, you are one with God. And that's, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. You are a new creation. A creation is something that's made from nothing. You're not a makeover, you're not someone who turned a leaf, you're not some reformed person, you're not a bad person trying to be good. You are a transformed individual, you are a born again, a recreation. Old things are passed away, behold all things are become new. You have become the very offspring of God. So he says, he says, you are of God little children, And have overcome them. Who's them? The antichrist ones. The ones that deny the virgin birth. The ones that deny that Jesus is the Lord of glory. You have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you. Emmanuel. God with us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God, and he that knoweth God hears us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and error. Can you say praise the Lord? Now I want to refer you to a, a very remote, uh, hardly ever used passage of scripture. Uh, hope you can find it in your Bible, John 3. John 3. Amen. I wore my John 3.16 tag here on my neck this morning. Just to remind me what I'm preaching about. For God so loved the world, right? But I want to back up to verse 12. John 3.12. This is all in red. It's even in red. It's in red in your Bible. It's even in red in my notes. What does that mean? It means these are the words that Jesus uttered out of his own mouth. John 3 12, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? In other words, you're going to have to change your thinking, people. Because what I'm telling, what Jesus says, what's coming next is heavenly things. Verse 13, no man has ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Are you, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Who came down from heaven? The Son of Man. But notice what it said. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Where did Jesus come from? Heaven. Heaven. Jesus came from heaven but he came from heaven and entered into Mary's womb and was born in a manger come on in or go away okay I mean they do that every Sunday I know they come in there and look at Terry and then they just keep on going maybe it's Brenda they're looking at I don't know. verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Notice he's not saying Son of God. He's saying Son of Man. See, this whole thing, this whole thing is Satan does not want to relinquish control to man. He took it away from Adam. He stripped Adam of his right to rule. Stripped Adam of his power over the earth. He didn't want to give it back. And so another man comes. This, is a little, this, this man is, is the offspring of God. Just like the first Adam was the offspring of God. Handmade by God himself. His essence was breathed into him out of God's own mouth. but he became a traitor and he handed and delivered the earth's realm over to satan and satan ruled the earth for thousands of years but jesus came god in the flesh you see you have no rights no you, you know your flesh is your passport to state to be in this realm that's why demons are always trying to possess human bodies is because they want a passport. They want to, they want to be here uh, so that they can uh, interact and relate to the natural realm. That's why they want your body. Because your body has power and authority that they don't have. So you tell them, stay out of my body. You can't have my body. And when your body dies, guess what? You don't get to stay here. You got to leave. See, you your this flesh right here is your is your passport to be in the earth. Jesus came in the flesh so that He would have a legal right to do what He came to do. He had to take on human flesh. Amen. Now. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see, Jesus is the key to our eternal life. Verse 16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved Jesus became the key to our salvation our redemption our restoration to our rightful place which is to rule and reign as kings and priests in this life and tread upon Satan and trample him down underneath our feet. That's why Satan doesn't want anyone to talk about the virgin birth. Because the virgin birth is crucial. And, and, and key to our assuming our rightful place in God. And to rule over this earth. And to regain all that power and authority that Adam lost. Amen. So do you believe in the virgin birth? Why, why do you believe in it? Well, first of all, Isaiah prophesied it. Gabriel announced it. Mary agreed that she was a virgin. Mary confessed she's a virgin. Uh, Gabriel, Gabriel went and told uh, Joseph, you know, that, you know uh, chill, because this, this is, a, this is a, the son of God. This is a child of God. God's just borrowed your fiancé for this, uh, this event. He's a holy child. Joseph believed it, never looked back. Special reward in heaven for Joseph. Amen? And then then Paul comes along and says, you know, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, that proved it. That proved that he was the virgin born. And, And then, you know, And because of that, we have power over the devil. We who believe that Jesus came in the flesh overcome those who don't believe it. From the devil himself all the way down to half the preachers in this country. I'm not suggesting that you do this. I think you ought to just stay right where you are this church is a safe place. Sound doctrine, the Bible, we, we read from the Bible. But if you ever have an occasion to go find another church, I suggest that you get with the pastor. If the pastor won't meet with you, then, then don't go there. I don't care how big the church is. But I suggest you get with the pastor and ask the pastor a few key questions. Like, do you believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ? And if he says yes, say, why? Why is that important? If he can't tell you why it's important, then he probably doesn't believe it. Then I would ask him this, do you, do you believe in the, the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ? Because a lot of them, you know, that don't believe in the virgin birth, they don't want to talk about the blood either. It offends them. And then you might want to ask them this Do you believe in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Do you believe in the gifts of the Spirit, the operations of the Spirit? Do you allow the Spirit to talk through you? Do you believe in divine healing? Do you believe that Jesus is the healer, the great physician? Do you believe that by his stripes we are healed? Do you believe it's God's will for us to be healed? Of all of our sicknesses and diseases and all of our infirmities and our weaknesses. And to be and to have all of our sins and faults and failures removed from us. You know, just a few questions like that. Do you believe that an alcoholic can get healed and delivered and not be an alcoholic anymore? Or does he have to confess that he's an alcoholic to the day he dies? Do you believe once a sinner, always a sinner? Or can I become a saint? Is there some point where I can become not a sinner anymore? Or do I have to keep confessing that I'm a sinner? Even after I become a new Christian, a new creature. Old things are passed away, all things have become new even though that I've become a partaker of the divine nature. Do I still have to get up and tell everybody I'm a sinner? Or can I just tell them I used to be? (laughs) Amen. I mean, these are a few questions you ought to ask before you start going to their church, because you like the lights and the smoke and the fancy music and all that kind of stuff. You You ought to ask these questions. You know, you drive down the street. Yeah, do you believe the Bible? You drive down the street and you see a church and the name of the church is, you know, uh, Church of Anticipation. Or Church of, uh, 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 you know, they don't even call them church anymore. They'll call them something like, you know, navigate. What does that mean? What does that mean? I mean, you know, used to they'd say, you know, First Baptist Church. Well, you know what the Baptists believe, or they'd say Assembly of God. You know, well, you know what the Assembly of God. Now they don't even tell you what they are. They just say, hey, we're, you know, we're 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 a Church of the New Horizon. What is that? Don't just walk in there. Google, them. look it up, and then go to go to their website, and, and where it says what we believe, click on that, and look at what they believe. Because if they don't even have it written down in their doctrine of belief, go on to the next one. Amen. I need to. I need to write a. I need to write a, a, a pamphlet. How to pick a church. How to pick a church. I wrote a li- I wrote a little book about you know uh, uh, how to know if your pastor is true or false. I could just change the title. How to pick a church. Because if the pastor is false, it's not a good church. Amen? Anyway, the virgin birth is not optional. The virgin birth is not a doctrine that you can live without. We have to have it, and that's what Christmas is about. That's what makes it Holy Night. Oh, holy night. What makes it holy is that baby is the offspring of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's important.